Hey, what's up, guys? This is Pastor Austin from Good Shepherd Church, and this is our podcast. So happy you're tuning in this week to stay caught up on what the Lord's doing in us and through us. I hope this content encourages you. I hope it challenges you, builds up your love for Jesus. Hope you enjoy the message. We love you. Hey, good morning, church family. Thank you so much for jumping in for Church at Home this morning. I hope you are sitting around with some family, maybe even still wearing your Christmas jammies, uh, having just a great time coming off of Christmas. Um, I just wanted to thank you. First of all, I mean, this this day, doing Church at Home on this day, means so much for our staff team to have a little bit of time to rest and to recover after pouring out so much, not just for our Christmas Eve services, but also pouring out so much that we did over the remodel and moving all the chairs that we did so much and all the problem solving and questions that were being answered during that time of the remodel. Um, It was just, it has been a crazy, crazy few months. And so for our families and for all the families of people who served for extra services, I think of the worship team that was here all day on Christmas Eve, for them to have a day where they get to just be with their family and we still get to, because of technology, get to have church at home and get to be with and gather with one another, even though it looks a little bit differently, it means so much for us as a church body. And so um, I am thrilled that you're dialing in this morning. I know that in the age that we're living in. Uh, You could be watching any series you want to. You could just be binge watching it right now on YouTube or on Netflix. I mean, you could be watching anything and here you are uh, watching church with us at Good Shepherd Church in Loveland. And so I am, I'm thrilled that you're here watching this with us. Uh, I have just a quick message that I want to open for us today as we sort of orient our minds around the upcoming new year. I don't know about you, but every time around this time of year, my mind starts going to the next year, to 2022. Okay, God, what what are we gonna do? And I start asking myself all these questions. Maybe even if we could like subtitle this message today, it would be, what are your biggest questions heading into 2022? What are your biggest questions heading into the next year? I think it's it's such an inviting time for us to consider all the uncertainties and all maybe the angstiness of life as the calendar turns over to a new year. It feels like a fresh start. It feels like maybe a time to leave something behind. Uh, maybe it feels like a time where we get to finally accomplish some goal that we've been setting out for a long time. I don't know what your question is. Maybe it's something like, okay, will this be the year that I finally graduate school and get a job? Will this will this finally be the year I get some sort of breakthrough in my job? Uh, will this be the year that, that we finally get pregnant and welcome a new child into our home? Uh, will this be the year when where I, I we finally see some reconciliation and some restoration in a relationship that has fallen apart. I don't know what the questions are that you're asking coming into next year, but I do think it's funny. A lot of times the questions that we're asking at this point are, are things that we're not actually in a lot of control of. We tend to spend a lot of time worrying or thinking about things that we ultimately don't have that much control over. I think James echoes this in James chapter four, uh, not necessarily around New Year's resolutions or New Year's goals or, or all the things that happen with New Year's, but, but just with life in general. He says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, the question we ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. James is saying, uh, in, in this passage, he's saying it's, it's not a bad thing to make some plans and to have some drive to go do something. He says, but you got to start with the fact that it's like, man, God, if you want this to happen, then I want this to happen. He, he kind of frames everything for us through this lens of like, God, what is it that you want me to do? And then I will make plans out of your will for my life. Jesus says it this way in Matthew chapter six. He says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? The, the implied answer there is nobody. 
nobody, I mean, we're not even sure that we have tomorrow. So, so before we just make all these plans, ask all these grandiose big questions for 2022, maybe we should just ask ourselves the question of, how am I nourishing my relationship with God? How am I, how am I cultivating a life that remains close to Him? And so I, I love New Year's resolutions. I love New Year's goals. I always have some heading into the new year. And maybe you're that kind of personality as well. But maybe you're the personality that just has a lot of like, I don't know what next year is going to bring. I hope that next year is the year where we finally get out of this 10 days to flatten the curve, right? Like maybe this will finally be the year that COVID goes away. Uh, maybe you're just thinking, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't stand the thought of like another year of these circumstances remaining the same. I don't know where you're at, but I think there are three questions that we can ask ourselves that will help us dive deeper into our faith in this next year. The first question uh, that I think we should all, as a church family, be asking ourselves is, how, how am I gonna nourish my relationship with God in this upcoming year? So you just think about that question first and foremost, how am I, as a person, individually, gonna take time and, and make it a priority to nourish my faith, my relationship with God in the next year. Um, I, I love the old hymn, Come Thou Fount. Uh, it's, it's a dated hymn, we maybe don't sing it that often, but there's a, there's a line there that says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. And I love that the song just acknowledges that uh, the drift in every human heart, if we're gonna kind of naturally find ourselves drifting a certain way, it's not towards God. It's not towards righteousness. My natural drift is, is towards selfishness, is towards my own comfort. Um, I'm not normally just naturally drifting towards more holiness or to more uh, uncertainty in faith, going, God, what do you want from my life? If I'm just gonna get really comfortable, I'm just gonna kind of drift back towards doing things that I like to do or doing things that just feel really easy for me. And so I think we have to prioritize and we have to ask ourselves the question, how am I gonna intentionally steer my life towards faith, towards Jesus? And I think there's, there's three things that you can kind of mentally just commit yourself to coming into this next year that will help you prioritize your relationship with the Lord. The first thing I think you can commit yourself to is, is a reading plan. You can get on the YouVersion app or you could just find a reading plan online. And I think you would do well to commit yourself to a reading plan. Maybe it's a Bible reading plan in a year. Maybe it's just reading through the Gospels. Maybe you're gonna feel compelled to, to read through the Psalms and Proverbs. I, I don't know. Maybe you'll even be compelled to read through the Minor Prophets. There's so many good things that you can read, but I would commit yourself to a reading plan. And then here's what I would do a step further than that, is I would find that annoying friend who you know will hold you accountable, and I would ask them to hold you accountable to your reading plan, to just text you every now and then or call you every now and then have lunch with you every now and then to check in. How's your reading plan going? What are you learning? What are you seeing in scripture? Um, I think that if we are gonna be serious about our faith, we need to spend time daily in God's word. The second thing I think you could do is you could commit yourself to daily prayer. Daily prayer. I'll be really honest with you. Up until this last year, 2021, I've always had a, a little bit more of a difficult time engaging consistently in prayer. Scripture for me, reading scripture, having a reading plan, it, it's something that it, it's so clear to me. There's a clear goal. Read three chapters a day. Read for 15 minutes a day. Uh, there's a lot that I can study and learn how to kind of arrange the narrative of scripture. Reading the Bible is easier for me. Prayer feel, feels a little more uncomfortable. If I can be totally honest, it has. Uh, my whole life I, I've gone, okay, you want me just to sit here for 15 minutes and pray? Or you want, me, you want me to sit here for one hour during like a 24 hour prayer time. You want me to pray for an hour? Like I can pray through all my, all my family, all my friends, all my prayer requests. I can pray for the nation. 
and that I'm about 15 minutes in there and I'm going like, okay, what else am I going to pray for? And, and I think maybe a lot of people feel this way, but what I, what I prioritize, I felt like it was an impression from the Lord early on in 2021 to say, this is a year that you're going to prioritize prayer. I felt like that was a commission from the Lord. I'm going to prioritize prayer. And over the course of the year, I've watched as my prayer life, it's been things that we've talked about in our small group, things that like I've just found more time getting into prayer and listening to God, and my prayer life has just been more vibrant than ever before. And I would hope that could be the case for you, but it takes the mental uh, mental priority of going, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna prioritize prayer. Um, I can pray, I can engage, I can talk to you every day. I could hear your voice every day. And so rather than just praying on your car ride to work or praying um, when you just have a moment with your kids right before bed, I think you should be finding 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour pocket of your day where you can just be quiet and you can have time of listening prayer where you go, God, search me, test me, see if there's any anxious or, or offensive way in me. And God, would you just lead me? Would you guide me? Would you speak to me? And I think if we can make space in our time to be people who hear God's word, then I think our, our faith and the way that we're living out our faith will be so much more vibrant because we'll be actually interacting with and listening to the voice of God. How amazing is that? I think we can commit to a reading plan in scripture, commit to prayer. The third thing is I think we should commit ourselves to the body of Christ. I heard this great quote recently from Jabin Chavez. He says, if you see church as optional, don't be surprised when your kids grow up to see God as unnecessary. You think about that for just a sec, all you parents that are listening to this. If you see church as optional, if it's just another little a la carte thing, a part of your life, we have soccer practice on these days, we do, we do dance on these nights, and then we do church on Sundays. If, it's, if that's how you frame church to your kids and it's an optional part of your schedule, he says, don't be surprised when your kids grow up to see God as unnecessary. I think what we have to do is what the author of Hebrews encourages to is to not neglect the gathering as is the habit of some. The, the writer acknowledges uh, lots of people are going to see church as an optional thing that we can do. I think we should commit ourselves. If we want to nourish our relationship with God in 2022, we need to commit ourselves to the body of Christ. What, is the, what does that look like? It means being present on Sundays for sure, showing up early, staying late, getting to know the people that are a part of this church. Church is not just some activity that you do on the weekends. It's a family that you belong to. It's, it's a place where we're going to come together. We're going to worship together. We're going to be taught together, and we are going to interact with one another as a family. Maybe you've been watching uh, our, our, our YouTube channel and you have not engaged yet with the physical body. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons and a lot of excuses that you can make for a long time to neglect getting into a church, but wherever you are, it doesn't have to be this one. We love our church. We are for our church. I think this is one of the greatest churches in the world, but I also know there are great churches all over the world. And so you should, wherever you're at, commit yourself to a body of Christ. Show up on Sundays, get in a group if they do small groups, and, and for sure, whatever the church is passionate about doing, whatever initiatives they're taking the upcoming year, participate. Come to Encounter Nights. We're gonna do a fast in 2022. Engage in the fast. Whatever your church is doing, do that kind of stuff with them. Commit yourself to the body of Christ, commit to daily prayer, commit to a reading plan, and all of those things, if you can choose that now, will help you grow in your faith in 2022. The second thing that I think we should ask ourselves is how will we remember God's faithfulness? How will we remember God's faithfulness? It's interesting, we've been going through the book of Exodus for the last few months here as a church, 
And, and there's a couple passages where we have the feast of the Passover and the feast of unleavened bread are given to the people of God. And I love that in both of those, there's a verse that says, and when your kids ask you why you do this, the Bible sort of, it, it understands, it, it implies that kids are going to be a little annoying and they're going to be asking parents a lot of questions, which is just so true of life, isn't it? Even around this Christmas season, you're spending last week with your kids, I'm betting they have asked you a billion questions. And so one of the things the Bible says is when you're doing these feasts, when you're doing these festivals, when your kids start to ask you why we do them, make sure it's, you tie their minds back to what God has already done. You tie their mind back to why we do these things in what God has actually done. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, I think this is echoed. This is now after the people of God are, are entering into the promised land. And, and it says, the greatest commandment, chapter 6, and starting in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. We don't neglect our faith to him. We, we, we cultivate that relationship with him. He says in verse 6, And these words that I commanded, you shall, they shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit down in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, with houses full of good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and you are full, then take care, listen to this urge, Take care, lest you forget the Lord who has brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. The Bible reads us just like an MRI, and, and, and what it knows about it when it looks at us is that we have been given so many good things by God, and our tendency when we have received those gifts, when we've received his provision, is to to turn and, and just rest in and enjoy the gifts without taking the time to look back and honor the gift giver. This is, this is like the human heart. This is Israel's story like from the very beginning is that God gives them things and they neglect to continue to tell the story to their kids. And so they keep drifting off of God. God intervenes. They come back. They fall away. God comes in. They repent. They come back over and over again. And this is your life and my life too. God shows up and we do things and we tend to forget his faithfulness. And so how can we, as the body of Christ, as, as our church family, how can we make sure that we are remembering his faithfulness? I think it's no accident at all that the Bible has us remembering most often around a table of food. The, it, the Bible has Israel, um, God has Israel remember what God has done uh, through a meal. And so I think some really low-hanging fruit for your family is to not take seasons of the year like this, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter. Don't just get lost in the culturally normal things to do with these seasons, but take the time with your family to say, this is why we celebrate Christmas. It is not because of Santa. It is not because we just like to sing songs, even though singing songs are great, even though giving presents are great. All that thing, all of that is so much fun. But we do all of this because God came down, put on flesh to save his people. At Easter, don't just, don't just get lost with finding Easter eggs and making sure the ham is cooked perfectly. No, like we are celebrating the resurrection of Christ. Take these times to actually have the conversations, the spiritual conversations with your family to make sure we know why we do these holidays. 
And we make sure we root those in something God has done, not just a cultural norm that exists in the world that we're living in. I think that's one way that you can do it. I think another thing that you could do is you could just incorporate a specific meal with maybe family or friends. And maybe you do this quarterly or monthly. Maybe you just put it in your calendar right now a few different times where you're going to sit down with your family and you're going to have dinner and you're just going to say, hey, what's God been doing in your life? Where, where has God been showing up this past year? Uh, maybe you do it at spring break and you just say, man, look, hey, we're halfway through the spring semester. How, how has God showed up? How has God provided? What is, what is he teaching you this year? And you just take time to have intentional conversations, not to get lost in just the day-to-day living, but to take time to remember how God is being faithful to you in any given season. I think you can have quarterly, you can schedule that out if you want to, but I think another thing that you could do is just daily. We, like our family, we don't do this perfectly, but we try to have dinner together every day. We try to have dinner together every day. And, and a lot of times when we're having dinner, sitting down at our table, we do this thing called good thing, bad thing, weird thing. And it's just so simple. And we just go around the table and in Haven, she's three years old. Uh, she doesn't even know how to answer it yet. She doesn't even know how to say what was a weird part of your day, but she just talks and she just talks about her day. Uh, but we say, man, what was a good part of your day? What was a bad part of your day? And what was a weird part of your day? And in any moment of that, we could all of a sudden be having some sort of spiritual conversation of going, God, okay, what, um, what, is, it that, what, what is it that you're trying to show us? What is it that you're trying to teach us? Or, uh, I mean, my, my poor kids, they, are, they have a dad who's a pastor who's just going to preach a sermon to them at any given moment. So they might be in the backseat of the car. We might be at the dinner table. But just don't miss chances in the ordinary parts of life. A lot of life is going to be a lot of ordinary times sitting around eating dinner. Don't miss the chance that you could have to just step in and go, hey, isn't God good for doing this? Hasn't God been kind to us that we get to do this? Shouldn't shouldn't we be forgiving that person because God has so richly forgiven us? There's so many areas I think that we can take normal, natural conversations and we can make them have spiritual realities tied to them. Two questions you can ask. How will you nourish your relationship with God in this upcoming year? How will you remember his faithfulness? And then the last thing I think we can ask ourselves is how are we going to love people? How are we going to love people? I love Jesus' words when he's, he's being quizzed on what is the most, the greatest commandment. And he says, the greatest commandment is this, that you would uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He's quoting the Shema. He's referring back to the, the Old Testament. And he says, and the second is like it, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. In Romans, Paul articulates it this way. He says, if it's possible, if it's possible, (laughs) I love that he acknowledges it is not always possible, but if it's possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Uh, Honestly, I think this is one of the most practical things we could be asking ourselves as we get ready to step into the new year. How are we loving people around us? How are we loving people well? There is so much animosity and division and strife that's in our culture these days. What, What an apologetic, what a witness of the faith that's in us to just be kind to show people love, to show up for people. I think that if the church could really grow in its capacity and its ability in 2022 to love people well, I think we would see uh, people authentically curious about what's happening in churches because love and care for people, especially if they disagree with you, is so incredibly rare in the culture that we're living in today. As we're asking ourselves, how am I gonna love people differently or, or better in this next year? I would think if I were you, I would want you to ask the Lord five kinds of questions about, okay, How am I going to love people better this year? The first is, who do I need to forgive? If I'm going to love people well, who do I need to forgive? I love the parable of the unforgiving servant. It basically goes like this, where uh, there's a guy who has a debt of like billions of dollars. He's incredibly in debt, and the time comes for him to pay. And this, this master forgives his debt. 
forgives billions of dollars of debt, let's just say, this astronomical amount of money, he just says, hey, it's forgiven. He turns around then and his response to receiving that forgiveness is to go out and one of his servants comes who owes him like a couple hundred bucks. And he's like, no, you have to pay that. He doesn't forgive him. He, he receives forgiveness on one end, but then he neglects to extend forgiveness on the other hand. What that tells us, what Jesus is telling us through that parable is that you don't really understand the forgiveness that God's giving you if you're still harboring unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody else. That doesn't mean that, that person did something wrong. It doesn't mean that person uh, was, was, was mean or like that doesn't mean that, that person didn't do something that was actually very hurtful. What it does mean though, is that once I understand the magnitude of my forgiveness from God, it then makes me able to forgive people that I'm living with. Priority number one of this whole message, if you're carrying unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody, I would ask the Lord, Ask the Lord if that exists anywhere in you, and then I would I would get that taken care of right away because you you can't be fully operating in the God's forgiveness towards you if you're still harboring unforgiveness for somebody else. So I would I would ask the Lord, is there someone that I need to forgive? As I'm seeking to love people better, the first question we have to ask is, who do I need to forgive in this next year? The second question that I think we can ask is, who can I serve? Who can I serve? I, I love that it says, Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. I mean, you think about that. The King of heaven stepping down. It, it is right that we would all serve Jesus as he's here on the earth, but he says, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. So who could you serve? Who could you uh, shovel snow for if we ever get some snow? Hopefully this winter it will snow at some point, but who could you shovel snow for? Who could you show up for and give them a ride somewhere, help clean up some stuff, help just come, like just be present and serve somebody? There are so many opportunities in the world we're living in for just simple, random acts of service and of kindness that I think if you're looking for those, God is absolutely gonna give you some. Who can you serve? A third one that I could ask, that you should ask is, is who can you bless? Who can you bless? In this series, we've talked about uh, one of the things that marks the people of God is that they are distinctly generous. We don't see all of our material possessions, all of our money, all of our resources as things that just seek to serve us or gifts that are just for us. We actually see our gifts as a means to bless other people. And so as you're looking to be generous, as you're looking to be generous in this upcoming season, like how could you uh, either give money give somebody um, a place to stay? How could you uh, pick somebody's tab up somewhere? How could you leave a great tip somewhere that you are just blessing some server? How is it that you could bless someone with a, just an incredible amount of generosity in this next year? The fourth thing that I think you could ask as we're considering how we can love people better is who could you encourage? Who could you encourage? Um, death and life are in the power of the tongue is what the Bible says. And I think so often we hear that and we think of the, the negative ramifications. And certainly like our words are powerful. Even James himself, as we're quoting James, he says, our tongue, it's, it, it can be like a, a small spark that sets a whole forest ablaze. Uh, we think of all the danger that comes in the tongue, but that verse, that passage says that there's death and life in the power of the tongue. We shouldn't neglect that. You can use your tongue just to encourage somebody, just to say like to somebody, hey, man, I, I really care about you. I love you. You you do this so well for our family. I can't believe we are so blessed to have you as part of our team. Are you using your tongue to build people up or are you using your tongue mostly just to cut people down? I think it's worth asking. And as we consider, okay, how can I love people better in this upcoming year? One of the things we should be looking to do easily, it doesn't cost anything to be encouraging, but it can mean so much to people. And the fifth thing that I think we can ask ourselves, and this is kind of where we'll end, is, is who can you pray for? Who can you pray for? 
Uh, this battle that we're caught up in, all the things that are happening in our world, it is not just what's happening that we can see physically. There is something going on behind everything that's happening spiritually. And so this is where, I mean, we don't talk about intercession often, but it's this idea of standing in the gap, standing in the gap and praying for somebody, contending for someone, asking for breakthrough on someone else's behalf. Who could you be praying for? Um, I, we, we like to send out car, cards anytime as a staff, like somebody has surgery or somebody has a baby, we like to send out cards. And it's always so generic, we, you know, right in there like, hey, we'll be praying for you. And I think that like so many of us, we say that when we encounter someone who's sick or who's gone through something dramatic and we say, hey, I'll be praying for you. What if, what if 2022 was the year you actually like wrote some of those things down and you actually spent time in prayer for them? Because there's a lot of times, if we can be honest, where we say, I'll pray for you, and then we don't. But what if this year was kind of the year that we shifted where you said, instead of just even saying, hey, I'll pray for you, what if you just said, can I pray for you? As in right now, like, can I just pray for you right now? rather than putting it off until later when you're probably going to forget, what if this was the year where we just said, I'm going to, I'm going to pray for people more this year. I'm actually going to step in. I'm going to go to battle. I'm going to fight with Satan in the spiritual world. And I'm going to pray and intercede and enter into the, the spiritual warfare, the air warfare, uh, that this, that this world is caught up in. And I'm going to, I'm going to get my voice known in the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of heaven. Like I'm going to get in there and I'm going to battle in prayer. I think that's one of the most easy and simple ways that we can love people well. We don't maybe see it uh, because it's also spiritual, but man, that is, that is a way that we can serve and love people well in this upcoming year. Those, those are five things I think we can ask that we can say, okay, how am I going to love people well this year? But I think we should also be asking ourselves, ourselves the question, um, how am I going to nourish my relationship with the Lord? How am I going to remember his faithfulness? And then we're also going to ask, how am I going to love people well? Those are three questions that you can ask framing into this next year that you can control. I mean, you think about that. All of your questions that you maybe have coming into New Year's, all of the goals and hopes and the, the resolutions that you have are probably mostly around things that you can't ultimately control. But what you can control is how you are stewarding, how you are building up your faith today. So ask yourself those three questions. If I were you, I'd maybe, if you have your family sitting around you, maybe you live with friends, maybe you live on your own, I would, I would get around some people and I would just say, man, here's three questions that I'm considering and I would take time answering. So how are we gonna do this? If it's a family, how are we gonna do these three things in this upcoming year? If you're living with roommates, man, how can we encourage one another to do these three different things in this upcoming year? Because ultimately our hope, uh, as much as like a promotion at work would be nice, as much as it would be awesome to maybe lose a few pounds um, that we've been fighting for a little bit, uh, as awesome as it would be to have that baby, as awesome as it would be to have that relationship mended, the thing that we need most is a more nourished and a more healthy relationship with the Lord. And so I hope that you would just consider that, that there are things in your control you can choose to do some of these things. And all of that, as we've been talking about all throughout Exodus, we're not doing that so we might earn God's favor. We're doing it because he loves us. He loves me already. And so my choice, my response from that love from him is gonna to be to cultivate a faith that remains close to who he is.